Welcome to another episode of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Today, we're excited to be joined by John Quell Jones of the Connecticut Sun. John Quell Jones was the sixth overall draft pick in the 2016 WNBA draft coming out of the George Washington University. In 2017, JJ was named to the WNBA All-Star team and in a year which she broke the single season record for rebounds. And she also won the WNBA Most Improved Player. In 2018, she was just named the Sixth Woman of the Year winner. For, for those who might not be familiar with you, why don't you tell us a bit about your background, uh, you know, how you got into playing basketball, uh, things like that. Yeah, so um, basketball has just been something that's been a part of my family since, I guess, I don't know, from my, my father was playing um, and my uncle was playing, so... Um, I think it's something that our family has always uh, done at my grandmother's house. Um, on my father's pick. side, she had a basketball court at my father and my uncle was like going into the draft. Um, did, did you have any he grew up playing on that court. All my cousins, I have a lot of cousins who always go down to my grandmother's house. Yeah, well, actually, going into the draft, I just played a lot of coaches all weekend. But honestly, only one coach had really told me like, if you're on the board, he's taking you. And that was the Washington Mystics. Coach Tebow had um. Come to a lot of my practices, I've been to a lot of my games at GW. Obviously, it was easily accessible to him being the head coach of, of DC and GW being in DC. Um, and so he was at a lot of games and he told me, like, you know, if you're still on the board, when, when we get you, um, if you're still on the board at the seventh pick, um, which was the pick that they had, and they would take me. And so, um, honestly, for me, I was excited about it uh, just because I wanted to be able to stay in D.C. And for a long time, D.C. and Maryland had basically been the only things that I'd known in the United States, um, the only places that I really called home. And so um, going into the draft, I just remember being anxious about everything. Um, I remember just, you know, all of us just sitting down and talking as as uh, prospective draft picks and just talking about, you know, the situation that, you know, we really had achieved our dreams. And then the fact that we had been invite, invited to come to the draft um, was another, uh, I guess, another success in a way because a lot of people actually don't get to come to the draft. Like, it's only a select few people in the WNBA that come. And so um, we were all just really excited about it. We were super nervous. Um, now I remember L.A. had the LA had the sixth pick, and I knew, like, if I if I if if it was just one more pick, I'll be able to get to D.C. And so I'm sitting at the table like, yo, one more pick, and I get to stay in D.C. One more pick, one more pick. And I remember... <laughs> Yeah, so I remember the camera came to me, and I was, like, the only one sitting in that corner, and I was like, dang, I'm really going to L.A. right now. I knew it. <laughs> that happened. Like, I knew it because, like, you know, most times they could kind of get you a little bit because there were more people sitting in certain areas, but the side that they had me on, like, I knew I was going next. And um, I was just like, well, I was happy that I was getting drafted, but I was so disappointed because I thought I was going all the way to L.A. Um, I knew that they had Candace Parker and Neka Gumake, which are two all-star uh, front court players. Um, and so, for me, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to really have to, like, you know, put in some serious work just to, just to get, like, a second on the court, you know? And then yeah, I just thought about, like, really. not being able to see me and stuff like that. So, um, but when I heard that I got traded to Connecticut, I was so happy and so excited. Like, I was extremely excited about it. So, um, it all worked out, and God had something planned for me, for sure. Yeah, how did it work? You got the L.A. hat when you got drafted, and then, then you got the Connecticut one a little later on? No, so actually that same night I found out that Connecticut, it was a three-team three trade, three-way trade. Connecticut, Atlanta, and uh, L.A. had done, like, a big trade. And I ended up going to Connecticut. I think Atlanta got 
Elizabeth Williams, who was here in Connecticut, and L.A. got uh, Chelsea Gray. And I think, honestly, when you look back at that trade, I think all the teams in that trade won because all of these players um, are now doing great things for their prospective teams or respective teams. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about it. You've been drafted now in in the season's, you know, basically starting now. Uh, you're getting ready to play. What's it like in your first game here in Connecticut? What, what, what was going through your head at that time? Yeah, I mean, my first game ever in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, um, man, honestly, I was I was really excited about it. I tried to, <clears throat> excuse me, I tried to focus on the little things. I didn't want to, like, let anything overwhelm me. So I just, like, just when you get out there, play good defense and rebound, you know, and just try to, like, in a way, dummy it down so that I wouldn't, you know, be overthinking the game too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember just being really excited. Um, I remember a lot of fans were coming up to me and be like, oh, who are you? Like, <laughs> I see the show on the sun stuff, but we're not so familiar with you. Who are you again? And, like, it's just crazy how things have changed now. People come up to me and like, oh, my goodness, awesome game. And you have the way the team is going. And you're one of our favorite players on the team. Or, you know, stuff like that. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, like, you know, things have changed so much and, I'm happy that I was able to grow as a player here, and I'm happy that um, our team has been able to grow um, with all of us because I think our team is one of the most genuine uh, teams out there. We genuinely care about each other, and our chemistry is awesome. So making that change from college to the professional level, what were some of the biggest adjustments or changes you had to make uh, in that transition? Yeah, um, well, one of the biggest things is just the physicality of the game. I think in college... I was able to get away with a lot of stuff with my length, you know. Um, but in the in the league, they just, you know, some of these people have been playing for so long that they just know how to use their body or their bodies in specific ways to get to the basket. We have veterans that have been doing it for years and playing against the best competition for years. And so um, they just have a different approach to the game. And so I just had to learn how to be a little bit smarter in certain situations. Um, and just understanding that um, I had to bring it every night because I was playing against the best in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And then going from that that rookie season, you really broke out your second year in the league. You led basically every rebounding category possible. What was the change between your rookie and sophomore year? Uh, You know, was there something that just clicked? You were just more comfortable in the league? You know, all these new processes, travel schedules, things like that. You were just fitting in better. What would you say kind of led that jump for you from uh, your rookie season to the sophomore year? Yeah, I think it was just me being in the right place. Um, um, just you know, working hard and early before, before the shot went up, and trying to looking at where people were shooting the ball from and trying to position myself. Um, I think I was a little bit bouncier, and I think that for the most part, I just was working really, really hard to try to get the offensive boards and defensive boards. Someone who's really hounding the rebounds uh, isn't known for shooting threes much, but that's really changed in the NBA, and you're seeing that change in the WNBA as well. What would you say, uh, you know, has been the change? Was was that something new to your game that you really had to work on and improve on, uh, that that change and, you know, being able to shoot from outside as well? I think for me, I've always been able to, to shoot the ball from the outside because I used to be a guard, like, when I was a little bit younger, before I had, like, my crazy, go- my crazy growth spurt. So I've always been able to do it, but um, I wasn't necessarily doing it at a consistent level. It's always something that I worked on overseas, um, this past year in China was just, you know, just putting up a lot of shots and getting that repetition. I um, mean, it's something that I've um, that I really stuck to. 
in terms of just preparing before games and stuff, if you watch me warm up, I put up a lot of shots, um, especially in the three-point area, in the mid-range area, um, because I know that I can, you know, I, I can do a lot of stuff from that, those positions. As long as my shot is falling, then people have to respect me. The driving lanes open up, and I'm able to do more stuff in that way. And so um, I think it stresses the four fives. It helps us hold a lot of good spacing, and it's something that um, that I always had, but I had to work on to get more consistent with it. So that, cons- that consistency really paid off for you because you made an appearance in the All-Star game. What was it like playing it in an All-Star game? Honestly, it was surreal. Um I always tell people, like, if they had told me in my second year in the league I would have been an all-star, um, I would have told them that they were crazy. Um, but honestly, it's something that that I try to hold myself to. Obviously, this year I didn't start off the way that I wanted it to, but I know that I'm a type of player that should be playing at an all-star caliber level um, every season. And so, honestly and truly, it's something that um, I was happy to do, but something that I expect in my future and something that, um, I think if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm preparing in the right ways that I should be able to do um, for a long time on a consistent basis. talked about a bit about how, how this season started off, and you've kind of played in a variety of different roles. You've been a starter. You've come off the bench. Do you have a different mentality based on your role, whether you're starting, coming off the bench? How does that impact uh, the way you, you kind of see see the game? Yeah, honestly, I have the same mentality um, regardless. I think when you're starting just to be ready to play, um, as soon as the ball is tipped up, when you're on the bench, you can kind of watch the game a little bit. Um, and a lot of times when you're on the court, you, you think, like, maybe, you know, yeah, I'm running hard, I'm moving fast, and then you'll watch film and be like, oh, my goodness, like, I really look slow, you know? Yeah. So I think coming off of the bench, you can really see the way the game is, and, and in a lot of ways you can see how you can affect the game instantaneously. And so coming off the bench is also, I feel like it's an advantage because you get the chance to just see how everything is going. But... um. As a starter, as a person coming off the bench, I had the same mentality. I want to be able to come out there and just um, use my energy, um, my athleticism to just change the game um, and to be able to play at a high pace. I know this year the WNBA had to compress their schedule a bit uh, and play more games in, in, in a shorter season. How, how would you say that's impacted both yourself and your, your teammates? Has that been something that's been noticeable? Have you going up against other players? Have you been talking about the fatigue or anything of that nature? associated with playing so many games in such a short span of time? Honestly, it's been crazy, like, uh, the amount of games that we've been playing. And I think I think in terms of me, the way I started the season, um, I think our schedule has had a big part in, like, me being able to bounce back and stuff because um, normally you'll have some more practices. You'll have a little more time to get a feel of things and, um, you know, just get back into your flow. And with me missing training camp, like, I just, you know, I missed out on just being there with my teammates, um, getting that chemistry back and, you know, just knowing all of the plays as soon as the, the point guard calls them. And I think in a normal season, I'd be able to get back a little bit quicker. But with the type of season that um, it was this year, it just was like, man, you play one game, you got a day off, you have another game, and it's just like, it's just coming consecutively, consecutively. And so it was really tough. And so um, I think I found my foot in but I think altogether the players are really noticing it. Like we really have to get in. We have to get in with our trainers and make sure that we get our rehab done and that we're really staying on top of our bodies because um, the way the season is, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you can end up having an injury that you don't want to have, you know? Yeah, abs- abs- absolutely. And, and I can only imagine what it's like playing on, on such a compressed schedule. One, yeah. one, one thing I know that, uh, you know, that, that was a big story in the news lately was what happened with Vegas and, and their travel troubles. Have, have you experienced anything like that in your playing career? How would you 
say that, you know, the travel conditions are and, and what the situation is with that? Honestly, I haven't experienced anything on their level um, because we had a chance to meet with one of our WNBA Players Association reps, I think it was last week, and we really didn't, we knew the situation, but we didn't know the extent of it and some of the things that they were doing behind the scenes. Now, we have been in situations where, you know, we're traveling and our flight gets delayed and we're in the airport for a long time, but we've never been in a situation where, um, you know, we get delayed twice, um, we have to go back home, then we don't even get, you don't even get to rest because then you got to come back to the airport and try to fly it again. You get to like, you do the first leg of your flight and you get to like a place like Dallas and then you get delayed again. And then the league is telling you that you have to come in and play a game on that same night, which is crazy dangerous for your body. Yeah. Um, and honestly and truly, I love the WNBA. The WNBA is extremely important. At the end of the day, the WNBA isn't where we make the bulk of our money. Um, and, and yes, we have, we, we're grateful and we do a lot of things for this league, but at the same time, people have to be smart because if they hurt themselves and they can't pay overseas, they lose out on a lot of money, you know? And so um, I think for the future of our league, um, for the future um, collective bargaining agreement or whatever we choose to do, I think what Vegas decided to do was extremely important. I think they took a forfeit, but they took a big stand and it, it made a big difference in our league and people are recognizing it now. And it's to the point where now me and you are talking and you're asking me about it because they took a stand. Um, I respect them for it and I appreciate them for it because I understand um, the, the sacrifice that they made for our league and for the players. Yeah, and, and I think you hit it, you know, nail on right there by, by talking about the move they took really kind of brought some of these issues to the forefront, you know, because they've been discussed in the past, but never to the level they've been now. And it's brought up, you know, the compressed schedule, pay, travel conditions. Um, and, and I know you did say that a bulk of the players do make their money by playing overseas. Uh, I know you've played overseas. What, what's your experience been like playing overseas? Honestly, my experience has been great overseas. So my first year I played in, in Korea. Um, my second year I played South Korea, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> in Korea. Um, then my second year I played in China, which is where um, I just came from this past year. And um, this next year, I'm going to Russia. And so, um, honestly, it's been an awesome experience. Um, basketball has literally taken me to places that I never thought I would see in my life. Um, I've been able to experience cultures, like literally immerse myself, live in these um, these places that I never thought I would live. And um, it's been awesome experiences. I think every time I've come back from overseas, I've become a better player and a better person. Yeah. What's the game like overseas? Are, are, are there any noticeable differences or, or big changes between what you you know, the style of play here compared to what it's been in Korea or China? You'll be playing, it'll be two Americans and then the rest would be Chinese or Korean. And so um, I think that's the level of play was different. Um, I guess the game was, I don't know, it was just a head-to-head type of thing um, for the most part. And then you had the, uh, the Koreans and the Chinese players kind of doing their own thing. But I think just the skill level of the game, um, the knowledge of the game um, is all different. And because I think, the WNBA is hard to compare to that. It's like asking an NBA player if, you know, overseas is different. You know, they're playing against the best players in the world in the NBA. And when they go overseas, they're just, you know, they're playing against people that just, just have been taught the game differently. What do you think it would take to, to get more players to, to stay and in, in really just have to play play in the U.S. in the WNBA? Would it just be bigger pay? Are there other other aspects of, of the league that players are looking to improve upon in, in order to kind of just stay home and be able to play here in the WNBA? Well, I think the money would definitely help. I think 
for a lot of players, the salary is, is the biggest part. Like, um, a lot of times when, I guess, other things aren't as good as they should be, you, you, you know, you look at your salary and be like, okay, well, I can endure this. Like, you know, a lot of times when I was in China and Korea, like, I didn't like some of the things that the coaches were doing. And I'd be like, oh, man, like, I just miss home. And then, you know, that paycheck hits. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do it. <laughs> and so, you know, it, just, it helps a lot. Honestly, it does. Because at the end of the day, we do do a lot. And we tax our bodies so much that, um, you know, you want to you feel that you're appreciated and that um, people truly understand what it is that you're giving to the game or what it is that, um, I guess, you're taking away from your families. You know, you miss birthdays. You miss time home. I, I don't think I've spent a birthday home since I was probably, I don't know, since I was probably like 12 or 13, like whether it's been uh, high school teams, because my high school teams always traveled and played because um, we were a nationally ranked high school team, um, whether it was college because we played and had had um, stuff to do around that time in January, and then whether it's overseas. So, like, I really don't get to spend time home with my family like that, like, when I come home, my nieces and nephews are, are older and doing things that I didn't, you know, watch them do. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't there to help them with certain things. And so we do sacrifice a lot. And so I think pay is a big part, but then also travel and, you know, just making sure that all of the professional aspects of the game or the professional things of the game are not taken away from us as WNBA players and that we're able to be treated the same way as our, as our, our male counterparts. Um, and hopefully we can see some progress made, uh, Heading that way, uh, going back to to the Sun here, what what's it like playing here in Connecticut and, and playing over at Mohegan Sun? Uh, I think you're probably one of the only teams that plays within a casino. Uh, what, what, what's that What's that experience like coming there on game day? Yeah, um, it's just us in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is pretty new to the league, so yeah, um, it's an awesome experience. Honestly, uh, our fans are great. They show up in big numbers every game. Um, when you come to our gym, you can feel that the atmosphere is just really electric and that they really care about us as, as players and that they care about the, the success of our team. Uh, I think one of the great things is that they're also UConn basketball fans, and so they're used to watching great basketball. Um, they can tell when when you're out there giving your all and, and when you're not, you know, and so they, they feed off of that type of stuff. They really do know the game and they're knowledgeable. And so I think our fans are definitely one of the fans, the best fan base in the league. I actually, I don't think. I know that. They're the best fan base in the league just based on um, the way they show up and the way that they um, support us. So um, I think it's, it's honestly is awesome. And every time I'm around, no matter where I'm at, whether I'm getting breakfast, I'm close to where I live, whether I'm walking through the casino, they're always coming up to me like, you know, they love the games and they've been supporting. Like just last night after our game, a 75-year-old lady came up to me and she was like, I haven't missed a game in 10 years. And I was just, you know, like – it just baffled me that someone would be, you know, that supportive and that committed to it. And she had so much energy talking about the game. Like, if she hadn't told me she was 75, I never would have known, you know. So it's just awesome, honestly. Yeah, Connecticut's definitely a basketball state. So it's great to see and be able to hear uh, hear fan reaction like that. Now that you've been in the league a few years, who would you say is the best player you've you've had to go up against? Um, The best player that I've had to go up against in the league? Um... Mm, I would say either Brittany Griner. Oh, actually, I got to probably name three people. BG, Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles, or Tina Charles. Like, all of them are just really tough to stop. Um, and I'd say, you know what, I'd go a step ahead and say Tina Charles because her footwork, she has really good footwork. Um, she has that fadeaway jumper that's impossible to block, even with my length. Um, and she just, 
she's just really good. Like, she consistently brings it. Like, when you're playing her, you got to guard her the whole game. And so I think it's Tina Charles for sure, and I try to watch a lot of stuff of what she's doing and try to implement it in my game. JJ, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me.